Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and today I will be your host. I will also be the question asker, the question answerer. Today, it is all me. Milana has the day off, and so I am flying solo on uh, this podcast. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on, a lot of great things happening. Um, To start off, if you are a Denver native, we are NBA champions. That is amazing. Um, Nikola Jokic proving that he is not only the best player in the world, um, but that he can lead a team and be a champion. Uh, in my personal opinion, he got snubbed of the MVP this year. They didn't want to give it to him three years in a row. Uh, he could have been, he is the league MVP, or he should be, um, the finals MV- MVP, and he is a, a national, international champion. Um, which is so amazing. And uh, the city of Denver needs it, their first title in 50 years. Um, And it was really funny, really cool. I actually, at first I was bothered, but I kind of respect his press press conference stuff um, because he was basically just couldn't have been less impressed with himself about winning. Um, He kind of referred to it as just like his job. It's like what you do. and in some ways, I'm like torn. I love like the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan approach to where like they would take a bullet for like winning a championship. And Jokic kind of felt like, you know, he might roll out of bed one day for it. He might not. You never know. But um, cool perspective. I think he has a, a good head on his shoulders just in the sense of like, hey, this is basketball. This isn't life or death. Um, it's a privilege to do it. Uh, but I don't have to. So super interesting. But hey, if you are a listener in Colorado, we're NBA champions. That's amazing. And I believe we have a lot, a lot of people returning, um, which is a really cool thing. So yeah, hopefully we can run it back and do it again. So okay. Uh, I know last week we talked about lying and white lies. Um, And I know we talked potentially about doing a a follow-up on what does it mean to like share the truth and love and, and things of that nature? However, over the past couple of weeks, we have been in an amazing series on Thursday nights uh, that we are entitling Spiritual. We called it Spiritual because we are exploring New Age spirituality, kind of the rise in New Age spirituality, and how as Christians and specifically as young adults, we are to navigate and engage with sort of this new uprising in new age spirituality. And so if I'm being honest, we've been talking about doing this series for, I think well over a year now, Um, but just something felt right about doing it over the summer. And we have had incredible, incredible responses to it. Um, We've had people sharing it with friends, which is amazing. We've had people just talking about how it's helped equip them to maybe have conversations with friends or family that are in to the new age spiritual world. And so uh, I thought today 
instead of maybe doing a follow-up to our lies series, uh, I lied to you. <laughs> See how that works. And uh, we are going to jump in and just sort of talk through our spiritual series um, and, and go through New Age spirituality a little bit. It's been something that I have been studying for the past like month now. I've learned so much about. Um, I know how to do magic tricks now and spells and different things like that and make potions. I'm kidding, um, but that's all real. And uh, and yeah, and so I thought it was a really, really interesting topic. I think it's very, very um, prominent in our world to the point where um, I have friends uh, who, there's a local coffee shop in Denver um, in Littleton that is I feel like the most suburban place you could probably go. And there are people there that do like tarot card readings um, while they're just sitting and drinking their coffee and different things like that. And so I know TikTok, you can now like, as you're kind of like scrolling through your TikTok, um, sometimes there will be like readers or mediums or people that are doing tarot readings like on the tick on the talk, on the TikTok, as the kids say. <laughs> I'm 34. Um but yeah, so I think that this new age spiritual movement is very, very prevalent, especially if you are in your 20s, maybe you're a college student listening to this. And so we thought it would be really cool for us to talk about it, engage with it. And today I just kind of wanted to share my thoughts pretty much from across the spectrum of our series so far. We're actually ending our series on uh, spiritual and new age spirituality this upcoming Thursday. Got a really, really cool message ahead that's going to close this out really well. Um, but over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about things like astrology. Ryan Weckenman came out from our Austin campus and talked about astrology. We talked about manifesting and the law of attraction. This past Thursday, we actually dove into new age witchcraft. We talked about um, witches, warlocks. We talked about psychics and mediums, tarot cards, things of that nature, what the Bible says about it and how as Christians we should engage with it. And so today I just kind of want to sort of share my summarized thoughts on this, on this subject, on this topic, and talk about why so many people are engaging with New Age spirituality and how we as Christians should respond to this movement or maybe friends who are dabbling and engaging with this stuff. And so what is New Age spirituality? What does it encompass? If I'm being totally honest, um, a lot. And so I know there's probably somebody out there who might be into this stuff who's listening to this podcast and is like, well, that's a very broad generalization of what I believe. And that's true. Um, I don't have the time to dive into the details of every single nuance of this in every single distinctive belief. But if I'm going to summarize New Age spirituality, I would say it's the practice of or participating in things like astrology. Um, like I said earlier, the law of attraction or the belief in manifestations um, or your ability, I guess, to manifest things from the universe. New Age spirituality does encompass, although this is where the distinction kind of becomes a little more clear, things like uh, New Age witchcraft, Wicca, um, Druidism, uh, tarot readings, although that that is a little more common, tarot card readings, uh, the use of psychics and mediums, and um, New Age healing practices like ayahuasca trips, um, shaman healers, chakra alignment, things of that nature. Um, that all kind of is categorically clumped into New Age spirituality, um, some of it finds roots in other religious beliefs. Some of it um, 
I don't want to say is relatively new, but is making a, an appearance again. Um, that's just sort of been like a uh, like a cultural practice in um, a lot of different areas of the world. Um, some of it does have religious roots, some of it doesn't. Uh, but what, so when we're talking about New Age spirituality, I'm sort of lumping all those things together. Now, a lot of that can be distinctive, but what I've found is a lot of these practices, a lot of these rituals, um, sort of have a very common, a couple common denominators. Um, and I want to talk about that. So when I talk about New Age spirituality, that's what I'm talking about. Astrology, manifesting, law of attraction, New Age witchcraft, tarot reading, psychics, mediums, all of that stuff. I'm kind of lumping that together. But why would somebody want to engage with this stuff, um, especially as, as followers of Jesus, which I know not everybody who listens to this podcast is, but I'm a follower of Jesus. A lot of our listeners are um, either in process or followers of Jesus. And um, I, honestly, the more I kind of research New Age uh, spirituality, I see the appeal. I think it's really easy for us to... Uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's really easy for us to maybe write it off as something that's really loony, um, something that's just for like hippies that want to like charge moon crystals and get power off that or rub salt rocks or I don't know, whatever you do with those. But um, but the more I researched this, the, the greater appeal I actually saw. Um, just to kind of go through and we'll sort of break these down a little bit piece by piece. But New Age spirituality and, and a lot of these um, different forms of it, what does it promise? It promises, one, it promises answers and healing. Um, sometimes it looks towards the future for answers. A lot of times it's used to find answers from the past. Um, why did something happen to you? And one really big resonating thing that, that kept on coming up was um, like healing from childhood wounds finding inner healing from things that maybe happened to you as like a child or, oh, what did, um, there was one lady I listened to a podcast and I think she said when your innocence is wounded or something like that, basically meaning that like when you are a vulnerable kid who's just like discovering right from wrong and you're not really sure, like you haven't really developed a, maybe a morality yet or something like that and you encounter a deep wound um, a lot of New Age spirituality uh, offers or promises to offer answers and promises to offer healing from that. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it offers a form of empowerment. Um, it offers you a form of self-empowerment and power. Now, why is that so important? Because as somebody who's looking for answers, as somebody who's pursuing healing, and you start to engage with this, oftentimes you feel powerless. Um, you feel like your power has been taken from you by somebody or a situation, or maybe life has thrown you a curveball with a death of a loved one or an unexpected diagnosis, and you feel like you're just kind of picking up the pieces of your life. So not only does it offer promise or uh, answers or healing, um, it, it promises some type of personal empowerment, which we can dive into. Um, another thing that it offers quite a bit, and this is sort of where you dive into more of the actual practices itself. I would say a lot of New Age spirituality can be, what am I trying to say? Like, this is a very, very, very uh, broad sweeping definition. But if you're just kind of getting into the mindset I would say like an overtly optimistic and positive outlook on life, thinking that 
the thoughts you put out into the world uh, are going to be what you reap from the world. So that if you think and speak positively, if you uh, are encouraging, if you're optimistic, that is what you'll get back from the universe. Um, And the universe in this field is often used as a term for a generic God, um, a spiritual force, or literally like the universe itself, like the cosmos. Um, But once you kind of go beyond the mindset of positivity, bringing positivity back into your life, I think one of the things that it, it promises to offer you is a sense of control that the things that you are looking for answers from or healing from or the empowerment that you're looking for because something left you powerless, not only can you find answers in healing, but it offers you a sense of control. You can take control of your life. You can set your mindset up or your life up in a way to where these traumatic things that happened won't happen to you again. And you can actually bring, or if to borrow a term, manifest, a more positive um, reality into your own life, that you can manifest um, wealth, you can manifest love, you can manifest happiness or joy or peace, you can manifest friendships, you can manifest the career that you want. Not only does it give you a sense of control and having answers, um, but it promises that you can have control over the future outcomes of your life. Um, And then this, no matter where you get to, um, and this might be something where somebody pushes back on me a little bit, um, but anything that I found, whether it was reading articles, which I read countless, um, reading magazines, which I read a bunch, watching YouTube videos, or listening to podcasts, um, no matter what, I felt like no matter what avenue I was looking into, be it tarot cards, new age witchcraft, mediums, and psychics, Even the law of attraction, um, which I know is pretty big in our culture right now, like manifesting in the law of attraction, even this, which which of them sort of seems to be like the the gateway, the entry, is this law of attraction and manifesting. Um, It all circles back to this. Anybody that I read, listened to, or researched, it came to this point where they wanted you to actualize your own personal inner deity. Now, they might not have worded it like that. I don't know if they would outright say, like, you are God or you are a God. But the thought was that there is godlike ability and godlike power inside of you. You don't need any type of religion or anything like that to submit to or discover it. Um, you need to go on per- your own like personal journey to realize and actualize the deity that you are and that is inside of you. And when you do that, you've almost entered into, to borrow a religious term, like a nirvana, or you have, you have ascended the mountain of New Age spirituality, and now you have control over your life. You can manifest. You can make things happen that you want to happen you are a, a self-empowered person. You are no longer powerless, but you have control and, and, and direction over your future. You have answers and you have healing from your past and come to find out that you are more than you ever could have imagined. You yourself are actually some type of uh, deity in connection to the universe. And so um, I know that was like a very short and brief explanation, but Everything that I have listed out, and I won't do it again, but all the different ways that you can practice New Age spirituality all sort of had those four things in common. It promised answers and healing. 
promised empowerment, it promised control, and it promised an actualization of a personal deity type state or realization um, within yourself. And so I think it's very interesting in my research, I actually found, um, and this was a very big sort of narrative within this, I didn't really have to look hard for this. So I see, one, I see the appeal. I started, you know, that little segment by, you know, I see why people would want to get into this. Um, it's not that it's just for like some loony bins out there that think they're like, you know, godlike figures. There's a there's a very desirable promise attached to the new age spiritual movement. But what I found interesting, and again, this is this is broad sweeping. Um, this is this is generalizing. But a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I would say the majority of the things that I read, watched, and listened to when I researched, nine out of ten, let's say, ninety-five out of a hundred. Um, turn to this during some type of traumatic experience or event in their life. The lo- unexpected loss of a loved one, unexpected diagnosis, unexpected loss of a career, maybe a spouse left them um, unexpectedly, or um, but something very dramatic, very painful, very life-altering happened. And, and I mean, this was almost verbatim, from a uh, or no, this might be verbatim from a from a documentary I watched about a guy who was a who was a warlock, who said life had gotten out of control and I needed something that gave me back my control. Um, and again, that goes to one of the promises that the New Age spiritual movement promises is control over your own life. Um, but one thing I found was very very interesting was that a lot of people turn to this, especially which is which is interesting, not just the more quote-unquote innocent side of it, which is manifesting in law of attraction, in my opinion, um, which which does have some like good points and you know being positive and things like that. A lot of people turn to the, if I can say this, the darker side of New Age spirituality, which would be the mediums, the psychic readers, uh, the witchcraft, the Wicca, um, things of that nature. Um, they, they're very open about turning to something that they needed power from or gave them a real honest sense of self-control and so or or of control over their life sorry not self-control but control over their life um they said that post covid they've seen the users of uh, new age witchcraft triple so adherence to new age witchcraft practices since covid has tripled um i want to say from 2020 to 2021 I'm not trying to exaggerate or lie, but I, I believe that from 2020 to 2021, um, tarot readings and manifesting, or sorry, not tarot readings, manifesting in the law of attraction saw a 700%, 700,000, sorry, percent increase uh, in Google searches. It was one of the top um, most searched things year over year from 2020 to 2021. Um, manifesting in law of attraction, tarot readings from COVID from I think 2022 to 2023 has seen an astronomical incline in use. And a lot of it can be traced back to the sense of wanting answers and wanting control. Why did COVID happen? Why did this happen to my family? Why did this happen to me? Um, And my life feels out of control. What can give me the most control? What also promises me um, that I can 
be the most empowered version of myself so that this never happens again. Um, and so I want to take a real quick look at the things New Age spirituality promises, and then how does the Bible talk about these things? What does the Bible have to say about the promises that come with, or the quote-unquote promises from New Age spirituality? Um, we'll kind of go point by point. So it, it promises answers and healings. Um, the Bible doesn't always promise you answers this side of eternity, and that's tough. I think that's probably one of the biggest setbacks for people when they're exploring the Christian faith or maybe new in their faith is that they think that when they begin a relationship with Jesus, they will then get all the answers to why every single bad thing in this world has happened, particularly to them. Um, and what's unfortunate is the Bible never promises that fairness necessarily or you'll ever have answers this side of eternity. The Bible is very, very clear that we live in a fallen and broken world. The Bible talks about how not only we as humanity will be redeemed when Jesus comes back, but that the earth is actually waiting in anticipation um, for the return of Jesus. And I, and I do think that means our physical globe, but I also think that means the systems and the patterns of the world, the way that humanity interacts, um, is waiting for redemption Um when Jesus comes, he's going to redeem everything, uh, that not just people, uh, but the earth, our interactions with others, the way we interact with our planet. Um, he's coming back for it all. However, the Bible doesn't always promise that you'll have answers. I mean, the book of Job is incredible. Uh, Job has everything, and it gets stripped of him. And his friends come, and they try to give him answers to why this has happened. Oh, Job, it's clear there's sin in your life. Or, Job, you did this. You were prideful. Job, you know, like, I don't know, what it was always something Job did wrong. And God actually was like, they're wrong. They're terrible friends. Like, don't take advice from friends like that. Um, there is a divine mystery to our life. And so I think that's what's really hard is that this New Age spirituality promises you the answers. The Bible doesn't always promise answers. It does say that God can use anything you've been through for the good of those who love him. So regardless of whether you might have an answer to a, a, something that you've gone through that was wrong, that you shouldn't have, um, you might not have an answer, but it does say that God can redeem it, that God can work uh, good out of it, even though it's painful. Um, it also promises that in all things we can find fulfillment um, sometimes we can find answers, other times we can't, but we can find fulfillment, answers, and healing in Jesus, that Jesus is the culmination of God in person, and that when we begin a relationship with him and as we grow in our relationship with him, knowing Jesus actually surpasses our desire to have answers to maybe specific situations. Um New Age spirituality promises healing, maybe inner healing or even physical healing. There, there are a lot of physical healing elements to New Age spirituality. Again, the Bible doesn't always promise that you will be healed this side of eternity. The Bible does say that in uh, new heavens and new earth, there will be no more pain or sickness, um, that you will live in a perfected state 
which is the ultimate promise that this life isn't the end. I think sometimes we take that as cold comfort, like, oh, you'll be healed when you die. It's like, well, that does me no good. (laughs) You know, sweet, great. Um, But the promise of Jesus isn't that death is the end. It's that you will be raised to life again for eternity. And that while it may look different in some ways, um, the resurrected life is very similar to what we experience here and now. When Jesus walked around, resurrected people recognized him. They saw him. They engaged with him. They interacted with him. Um, And so the promise is that when you are raised to life, you will be whole. And that's a promise that you can look forward to because death isn't the end. And I know this life has immense value, but the life to come, the extension of this life has just as much value, if not obviously infinitely more. However, the Bible does point us to the fact that in Jesus, we can find our ultimate healing. I have been a personal recipient of a supernatural healing. I know many people who have been uh, recipients of supernatural healings like right now in my life. Um, I know people who have gone to their grave, who have loved Jesus and served him well, um, who went to their grave with a sickness, a disease, or maybe a cancer that ended their life. Does that mean that Jesus didn't heal them? He might not have healed them this side of eternity, but like I said, when they're raised back to life in in physical bodily form, they will not have that anymore because their ultimate healing will be brought about in Jesus. So the Bible does point us to, maybe we don't get all the answers, but we can find some, but we can find the deepest meaning in life in Jesus. And then it also says that we can find both inner and physical healing in the person of Jesus, that Jesus can heal us now. The Bible says that he can give us a new heart. Ezekiel talks about a heart of stone being turned into a heart of flesh, meaning the inner workings of who you are, the way you think, the way you act, the way you behave, the things that have been done to you are all made new in the person of Jesus. Um, The Bible says that God heals, and that's, that's something we as Christians can expect both in this world and the world to come. And so, New Age spirituality promises you answers and healings. The Bible doesn't always promise you answers or even promise. It does promise you healing, um, be it this side of eternity or not. Um, But I do think there is a false promise that comes from New Age spirituality that when you engage with this, you will have all the answers and find ultimate healing. I think ultimate healing can only be found in the person of Jesus and answers, who knows, We might, maybe we don't even care by the time we get to the other side of eternity about why this happened or what. It would all make sense to us. And so, all right, a second thing. I'm going long, going way longer than I anticipated going. Um, the New Age spiritual movement promises you empowerment, self-empowerment. Um, this is sort of a weird dynamic and one that I'm actually kind of wrestling through myself because the Bible is not against us being confident or self-assured people. The Bible wants us to step out um, in faith. The Bible wants us to be confident. I think insecurity is the the key to many, many wrongs. I've been studying insecurity for some reason now for like six months, and man, insecurity can wreck us. So the Bible is not against you being an empowered person. It's not against you being confident or self-assured. It is against us being uh, self-empowered. And what I mean by that is self-reliant. I think one thing that the New Age movement promises is that you, because you are this secret deity waiting to be awoken, um, you will discover this independence that only you and the universe sort of need each other, that you can, again, manifest the life you want, the love you want, the community you want, the, the car you want, whatever, 
um, and that you are this self-reliant person. The Bible makes it very clear we are deeply reliant both on God and one another. That's why the Bible is so pro-church. It's why the Bible talks about not forsaking the gathering together. Because not only do we as humans need God, but we need one another. And so while the Bible is, I think, okay with you being confident and self-assured and to borrow that term empowered, I don't think it is okay with you being a self-reliant being. Um, One of the only ways that we can please God, the Bible talks about, is with faith. And faith is a confidence that we get from a full dependency, not on ourselves, but on Jesus. And so we need that dependency, not on ourself, but on who God is, who he said he is, and on on what he said he can do. Um, The Bible doesn't call us to be self-empowered people. It also calls us to be self-sacrificing people. I think um, one of the things in the New Age movement is sort of this promise to, of almost promotion that the more enlightened you become, um, the more an enlightenment is, I don't know if it's a, use, a word they would use specifically, but almost the more awaken, awoken, I don't know if that awaken, awoken, whatever, the more you wake up, <laughs> I guess, to this, to this like supernatural reality in the New Age movement, almost the more you advance, the more you're promoted. The Bible talks about how the most powerful people are ones that are self-sacrificing, that come not as self-empowered people, but as self-serving people or, or servant people, um, self-sacrificing people. Jesus came in the form not of a king, not as a guru, not as a wise man, but as a servant. And so while the New Age movement promises you progress and promotion through this self-empowerment, Jesus actually calls his followers to self-sacrifice, to humility. Um, There's a story in Luke where it talks about people who desire to have the seat of most prominence in life, Um, people who, you know, are are always looking for self-promotion. And Jesus actually talks about when you go into a party, take the lowest seat so that you can be called up um, by the, the host of the dinner, which was representative of God. And so um, Jesus encourages his followers not to be self-empowering necessarily in the, in the New Age term, but to be self-sacrificial leaders, to sacrifice for the betterment of others, um, to be willing to humble themselves and to serve others more than themselves, to treat others how they would want to be treated to love in a capacity that gives our life away for the betterment of others. And that is what the Bible calls like the most powerful person is the servant of all. Um, And so the dynamic of self-empowerment versus self-sacrificing is very, very important and I think is a key distinction when it comes to the teachings of Jesus and the teaching of the New Age movement. Again, is the Bible okay with you being confident and self-assured and for lack of a better term, an empowered person. Absolutely. What it's not okay with is you being a self-reliant person, is with you um, not being a servant leader, or not being a servant. The Bible actually doesn't say, servant leader is something that we as Christians have sort of like conjured up because we're obsessed with this idea of like business leadership in church, and we have to make it sound Christian. Um, Jesus just calls you to be a servant. Um, Jesus never really talks about leaders, and when he does, he's normally knocking on the leaders of Rome or the religious leaders of the day. Um, Jesus talks about serving others as the most powerful position. And so in the New Age movement, if you want to be a strong person, you find ways to empower yourself in the Jesus movement. Um, If you want to be a strong person, you find ways to serve others and give your life for the serving of others. Um, The third thing that the New Age movement promises is control. 
It says that you will have control over your life, that you will have understanding about your past, and that you will actually have the power and the ability to make the future that you desire happen. Again, I'm not opposed to you working really hard to create a desired outcome. The Bible's super clear that um, those who work hard will be rewarded and those who are lazy won't eat. Like The Bible is not against hard work. Um, I think what the Bible does not promise, though, is control. I mean, if you read Ecclesiastes, if you read the book of Job, if you even read the words of Jesus that in this age you will have trouble, but you can take heart in Jesus because he's overcome this world. The Bible is telling you that you you cannot control everything. You cannot, that, that control is really an illusion. Um, and the New Age movement tells you that you can, in some capacity, have control over your life, over your future. The Bible doesn't promise you control. Um, it, however, it's not opposed to planning, preparation, ambition, or you trying to make something out of your life. However, God does not require you to have control. What he requires from you is faith that he is in control. And I think that is the biggest difference. In the, in the New Age movement, a lot of it is in visualizing the life that you want and controlling uh, for lack of a better term, the spirits, the powers of the air, and then yourself to making those things happen. Um, in the Jesus movement, we hear from God. What does God want to happen on this earth? What does God want from our life? And then we have faith that he is in control. And so that when my life feels out of control, if I'm following Jesus, I can trust that the God who created me and has purposed me and made me for this point in time in history has a reason, a destiny, and a purpose for my life. He is in control. My contribution to living out the will of God in my life is my faith in my action. Am I willing to put faith in what God has said is true, and then am I willing to live that out on a daily basis? And so final one, I know I've been going kind of long, is the final promise of the modern New Age spiritual movement, again, be it uh, manifesting, law of attraction, astrology, tarot readings, mediums, psychics, witchcraft, Harry Potter, all that stuff. I'm kidding. I love Harry Potter. Um, but it, the final promise is this, is that there is like a deity inside of you waiting to be realized and actualized. Um, what do I mean by that? is that there is this deep connection that you have with the universe that is almost godlike. I even listened to a girl um, who was speaking on a podcast who actually just left the New Age movement, and she said that sort of like the higher in the rankings you climb, like legit, it sounds almost like a pyramid scheme, like the the, the higher you are on the high, high hierarchical, high, wow, how do you say that word? hierarchical, maybe, the chain. The higher you are on the food chain. There we go. Words are hard. The higher you are on the food chain, basically, the, the more deity-like you are to the point where she was talking about how they would um, refer to themselves as like, they would address themselves as God or goddess, um, that there's this deep connection inside of you to the universe to the spiritual forces, powers, and that once you can wake that up and actualize that and realize that, then you have like ascended, you have reached the top of the mountain, you are connected with the universe, and you yourself are this personal deity like God. The Bible, um, which we believe is the truth in the word of God, 
says that we were made in the likeness of God, but as um, Ryan did such a brilliant job in opening this series, that just because we're made in the likeness of God does not mean we are God or that we are like God, that there's a very clear distinction between creator and creation, that God exists outside of time and that we as humanity exist within the time frame that God has created, that we're actually made from the dust of the ground and God breathed his spirit into us, which gives us life. Now, we were made to be eternal beings. We, I think we are more um, like uh, Jesus is the image of God, and he encouraged us that we can grow in our likeness of God. It's a better way of saying what I was about to say. Um, however, the Bible never says that you are a God. The Bible never says that there is a God inside of you waiting to be awoken. The closest you'll get to God inside of you is when you put your faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. When, like Ezekiel talks about, the heart of stone is made a heart of flesh and the Spirit comes and dwells within you and empowers you to follow Jesus, to begin to have the mind of Christ, to think in the ways of Jesus would think, to treat people the way that Jesus would have treated people and to ultimately push the good news forward of God that there is real life to be found in Jesus, both now and forever. Um, that is the promise, that you can be a new creation. That And again, think of that word creation. Like the Bible says that you, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are a new creation. It doesn't say you are a new creator. It doesn't say you're a new God or you've, you've now discovered your godness, it says that you are actually recreated in the image of Jesus, that there is a symbolic death that takes place. That's why we do baptism in church. Um, there's a symbolic death that takes place to your old life, your way of thinking, your way of acting, what the Bible would refer to as the flesh or the way of this world. And you are raised back to life as a new creation um, in the image and following after Jesus. You can now, uh, as you grow in your relationship with God, think more like God, treat people the way that Jesus would be treated. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And so the promise of the New Age movement is that you can actualize a deity inside of yourself. The promise of the Jesus movement and the following of Jesus is that you are not God, you are made in his image and likeness, but you can actually die to yourself. You can die um, and become a new creation and follow after him and follow after God and that God will come and live inside of you. But that doesn't make you a God. It makes you kind of back to what you were originally created to be, um, a child of God, a, a partner with God and bringing his goodwill to this world. And so that is sort of the summary <laughs> I was kind of long-winded, uh, is that that's sort of the summary of our our series that we've been in. Like I said, it wraps up this Thursday at our Lakewood campus at 7 o'clock. You will not want to miss it. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast this week, um, this Thursday, which let me look at the date real quick. That's a uh, Thursday, June 22nd. We are wrapping up our spiritual series. You will not want to miss it. And then Mark your calendars because the following week, if you are in the Denver metro area, we want to invite you on June 29th to our worship night. We are doing a worship night with Red Rocks Worship. Um, they are doing sort of like a pre-album release party where we'll be going through pretty much the entirety of their new album, 
You can buy merch. You can hear all the songs that are on the album. And we're just going to be celebrating. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have some things, uh, fun things to do, like some fire pits, some yard games, things like that. That will be at our Littleton campus. And the reason we're doing that, if I'm being totally honest, is because it is just easier for our worship team um, and the way that our Littleton campus is set up. Uh, so we will be at our Littleton campus, not this Thursday. This Thursday we'll be at Lakewood, but on the 29th we'll be at Littleton for a worship night. Um, I believe that's everything that I have for you today. Uh, flying solo, don't love it, but whatever. Oh, here we go. I knew I was missing one thing. We are approaching our 100th episode of the Young Adult Podcast. Never would I ever have thought we would get to 100 freaking episodes, but here we are. I believe to date at the drop, this is our 97th podcast, and we want to celebrate our 100th podcast. We want to do something really cool, really fun. We're going to have some amazing giveaways. I think one of the giveaways that we're going to have, I'll just kind of leak it right now. You heard it here first. Every uh, fall, we do a retreat um, up in the mountains. And I think one of the giveaways for our 100th episode will be we're going to give away a free retreat. Um, We'll let you know how that you can enter that and engage with that. And we'll announce the winner on the podcast and on social media. We're going to have a lot more giveaways, but we want to do a special episode celebrating our 100th podcast. And so DM us with ideas. Is there a guest that you really enjoyed that you would love to hear from? Are there topics that you would want us to maybe cover on our 100th podcast episode? Um, Do you want us to do a podcast for 100 minutes? I don't, but maybe you want us to. Um, I don't know. It's just something fun. We would love to know what would feel celebratory to you as a listener. Um, and we would love to to celebrate 100 podcasts with you guys. And so thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, to the Young Adult Podcast. If you found any of this information helpful or insightful, share it with a friend, um, share it with a coworker. Maybe you know somebody who's maybe wrestling with uh, the New Age spiritual movement. They're dabbling in it. They've got questions about it. Um, while I am by no means no expert, I feel like this could be a great place to start from a Christian perspective. Um, but yeah, Share this with your friends. Let them know. You can follow everything that we do here at Red Rocks Young Adults at Red Rocks YA on social media. Um, I believe that's right. Right, Taylor? Red Rocks YA? Okay. Yes. Okay. Red Rocks YA on all of our socials. I think we are on the TikTok as long as the government lets us. Um, We're on Instagram, all that good stuff. We meet every single Thursday at our Young Adults uh gatherings. Good Lord, just shut up and get off here. Uh, they're Thursdays at our Lakewood campus, seven o'clock. That address is 5810 West Alameda. I'm going to stop talking. Uh, love you. We'll see you guys again next week. Peace out.